Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. You know, I say this frequently, but this truly is a special episode. I'm very excited for this one. It's very rare that I go off and do a one-off where it's based on one specific person when we do a top five list or when we have a conversation here on the Peas. But we're doing that again tonight. We've only done it a handful of times. And the gentleman that we're going to be discussing this evening is the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. We're going to be counting down his top five songs and our opinion, our favorite songs from his catalog. And we're also going to be having a great conversation, hopefully, and kind of celebrating his life and his legacy. And I had to get my special guest to join me for this because I know that he is a super fan. And if I'm being honest, without... (laughs) With the exception of my immediate family, it's actually very hard for me to find, like, or I shouldn't say it's very hard for me to find them, but I just don't know a lot of super fans, like, in my inner circle. But this guy is. And on top of that, I'm a super fan of his. And I love when he comes on the show. We're friends in real life. He's a great dude. You know him from the Epic Film Guys. You've probably heard him here on the Peas before. But Justin is back. Justin from the Epic Film Guys. What's up, man? How are you? I'm fantastic, man. I'm telling you right now. There couldn't be a better subject for me to come on right now to talk about with you. It's always one that, you know, shines a light on top of me. It's like, you know, like he's singing to me from heaven, the king of rock and roll himself. It's just something that's so special and near and dear to my heart. So thank you, Gerald, for inviting me on. We've been trying to get this episode recorded for months, actually, I feel like. And uh, I'm happy we actually had an opportunity to finally get this done. Yeah, me too, man. You know, this one's kind of been, like I said, I know that you're a super fan. I am as well. And there's so few that I know, at least in our inner circle. And I was like, Justin's got to do it, man. So I'm glad that you are. And I know you're going to bring your passion to the conversation too, which, which I love when I have you on the show. You know, usually it's about horror, which I also know that you're super passionate about. So I feel like it's probably going to be a similar, you know, it's going to be similar tonight as well. Now, Justin, before we get started, Elvis Presley, okay. Passed away on August 16th, 1977, so 43 years ago. Uh, He was the age my father was when my father passed. He was 42 years old, which my father was also a young dude when he passed away. Uh, So I have that little bit of a connection, too, because I was introduced to Elvis's music through my folks, which is always very special to me when you, you know, like right now, for example, when my kids, when I'm introducing my kids to music that I'm into from like 90s rock or whatever, and I can share that with them, and I know that they probably would not know about that artist if it weren't for me. That was the same way with Elvis with my folks. Now, 
We're releasing this episode the week of the anniversary of his death, like I said, 43 years ago. Do you want to talk a little bit about here in the intro your connection to him? Because what, how old are you, Justin? I'm going to be 37 in November, so currently 36 so, years old. So you're 36, so it's not like you were you know, around when he was making music. So where, talk to me a little bit about your connection to Elvis and what makes you a super fan of him. Well, I mean, I grew up uh, a country boy. Make no mistake, I lived out in the middle of nowhere, and I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house, and they were very simple people. Um, most people in today's day and age would consider them poor um, in a house that my mm -hmm. grandfather built, and there was always country music on the radio. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember it's exactly 25 years ago uh, this summer, um, my summer before fifth grade, mm -hmm. Elvis Presley being mentioned to me. I think that Hound Dog was on the radio on a Sunday afternoon and me showing interest because I had a Basset Hound named Cinnamon mm -hmm. and I loved the dog and and it, the music just really connected with me. And like I said, growing up with country music, I was kind of a rebel against it, but I also embraced it at the same time. There was always a few artists that I really enjoyed. Um, and... I remember getting the Elvis Golden Records cassette with only 15 songs on it from my local Ames. Now, most people won't know what an Ames is because it's an upstate, like central New York, northeast thing. Um, but it was basically like what Target is now, like a discount okay. store of, of sorts. We went in, I got I got the tape, and that entire summer, Gerald, I listened to Elvis Presley on my little uh, turquoise and pink walk. It was like a Walkman knockoff. It was such a shitty knockoff that I'd have to hold the cord on the headphone jack to get it to work. But I did nice. it every single day when I rode my bike, when I would go on dog control officer calls with my grandfather. He was like a dog officer to go catch mm -hmm. dogs. I'd go with him and I'd always have that with me and listening to Elvis over yeah. and over again. And that's really where I connected with it the most. And I think when I got into my 20s, um, the connection deepened even further when I started to appreciate my love of old country music and old rockabilly even further. And that's kind of like mm -hmm. where my relationship with the king uh, really <laughs> blossomed. And that's why I'm sitting here with you today. Well, it's an awesome story, man. And it's a similar origin for me, Justin. I know you'll be interested to hear. But, you know, for me, my grandparents, too, actually. So my grandmother who's still with us she's about i want to say she's 87 years old now wow and she saw him live and she took my mother when Dude, my mother and my, and my aunt were very story, young isn't it right that's the story <laughs> yeah and you know of course i mean come on you know elvis you know they you have that saying that all the girls want to be with him and all the guys want to be him that's elvis man i mean that is elvis that couldn't be more and, true yeah and you know so you got my grandmother going to see him when she was young she took my mom and my aunt, you know, her sister. So both of her daughters went to see him a second time. She took them to see him in concert in Charlotte, North Carolina. So they were there, man, and they lived it. And we're talking for my mom. In my mom's case, she was 13 years old when she saw him in concert. So you see the images of people freaking out, you know, seeing the Beatles and young girls, seeing artists like that. You know, that was my mom. You know, she could have very easily been one of the girls in those photographs or in those videos and that news footage. Uh, that you see of girls crying and screaming. I mean, that was my mother and that was my grandmother So and my aunt. So to have that connection that way and just to see how passionate and like, you know, this wasn't just a musician that my mom was telling me about. And my dad loved him too, frankly. Uh, you know, this wasn't just like, hey, listen to this music. It's really cool. I mean, they were like 
this was just like it was just like an atmospheric it was a different dimension you know when they were talking about elvis now i've talked on my show before when music has come up there's a lot of music that i'm so passionate about that my father and my mother introduced me to you know bands like ccr uh, bob seger you know the band heart you know a lot of these bands were introduced to me by my parents and i still love them today but when it came to Elvis, man, it was, I don't know if you know what I'm saying, but it was just like it was something different, like it was on another plane altogether. And I'm not taking away anything from the other bands that I just mentioned or any other ones that you may have been introduced to as a young kid, but Elvis was just different, right? I mean, am I, does that make sense what well, I'm I saying? Well, I mean, I think it has to make sense because without Elvis Presley, we wouldn't have popular music as we know it today in any way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. He is not the original rock and roller. I mean, rock and roll was kind of a mm-hmm. thing, uh, much smaller, if you will, uh, before Elvis broke through. But I mean, he was the one, there always has to be that one that slips through yeah. the cracks and makes it popular, makes it happen. And he did it in the best way. He did it better than everybody else did up until that point. Now, obviously, a lot of people talk about his influences. Um, he melded together country uh, you know, hillbilly, soul, soul mm-hmm. blues, and a lot of African-American music. A lot of people today like to, to, to make sure to specify people sometimes claim that he stole, but he did it. No, he did it with the biggest heart. He did it because he loved it. There was no, there was nothing to steal. And, and at the time when this kind of music was being done, uh, everyone did everybody else's songs. So it was kind of right. like the norm for that type of thing to happen. Um, but I mean, well, it, also, I, I mean, also to, to your point, I mean, he, you know, he was going to, you know, black churches and he was seeing these choirs and these gospels that were predominantly black. And it's just so infectious, man. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in that type of environment. Oh, but, of course. Yeah. You, you know, they can sing, man. And the, and the energy is so high and so palpable. And he was a young kid that loved music. And that was really his first like taste of, you know, live performance. And he really. You know, I, I don't use the term stole either, but I mean, he really did borrow from that 100%. From those experiences that he had. You know what I mean? And I think that's great, you know, to, to borrow from the things. Yeah, that and I think the best by. way to put it, and, and it's a cliche way of saying so, but Elvis Presley was lightning in a bottle, um, the likes of which we've seen very rarely since his breakthrough into popular music. I mean, we've seen it a handful of times. The Beatles is another example of that, but the Beatles wouldn't be there without Elvis Presley because we know how big of fans they were of his music and that's how they started. So, I mean, it was just kind of building blocks, but still a legacy that cannot be tarnished to this day. Elvis Presley is still, in my opinion, the most important figure in popular music of all time. We, we just wouldn't have what we have now. I mean, for better or for worse, I know one of your favorite popular <laughs> music artists today. I yes, can't agree you with you, and I'm not going to mention a name, <laughs> but we wouldn't have that without Elvis Presley. And That's right. It, it is what it is, whether it's good or bad. Elvis was the one that needed to break through and explode onto the scene. And when he did, it was just pure fire. And still, when I listen to it this day, you know, I prepared for this episode by watching the 68 special and he wasn't in his prime at that point. He was still Mm -hmm. good, but he wasn't in his prime. When you watch that, your foot starts tapping, your leg starts moving, your hand starts twitching. You start, you know, a little bit of a headbang. I mean, it gets you going. There's something just so special and energetic and uh, about that music. It just lights you on fire. Well, you know, to your point, I mean, I've been listening to a Spotify playlist that I made of about 50 Elvis songs. And I kind of just put my favorite ones that popped into my head. And that's ultimately what the five to 10 songs I'm going to mention tonight came from too. 
And I've been listening to that for the last couple of weeks because I knew we were doing this and I'll, I'll put that on like at work in the morning when I'm, when I'm getting prep done and stuff like that. And like there's certain songs that are 50 years old that just like give me chills when I hear them. And I'm talking about every time I hear them. You know what I mean? And I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. And it's kind of like what you're saying in terms of the groove aspect, too, when you kind of tap your feet and you want to bounce around. I mean, he you know, he created. Uh, timeless works of art, man. I mean, they are timeless. They're songs that are going to be just as good today as they will be 50 years from now, as they were 50 years ago. Uh, you know, he is one of the pioneers, and I agree with you that obviously he wasn't the first. I mean, he didn't he didn't invent it, uh, but he did he did give it a face, and he did take it to a new level, and he did help popularize it. And then and then what you said is true too. So that's a domino effect. So now you can list. You know, any artist you could think of right now, you could probably trace back to him being some type I mean, of influence. He on shaped them, it. You know what I mean? mean? That, yeah. He just, it, it, in another word, he shaped it. And I love all old rock and roll. I mean, I grew up on it. It's one of my favorite genres. It's just classic. You, you yeah. give it to me, man. Uh, Bill Haley in the comments. Uh, yeah. Buddy Holly. Jerry, I love Jerry Lee Lewis. I love, I love all of it. Literally yeah, all man, of it. And that's Richie Valens. Yes, of course, all great shit, of course. man. And, but Elvis is and, just, when you look at him, you know, next to the others, he just stands apart in such a huge way. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. Okay, Justin. So what we're doing for the countdown tonight, guys, because we obviously do a top five show. We'll have some honorable mentions at the end, but we're going to count down our personal favorite top five songs from Mr. Elvis Presley. And uh, I will put these on a playlist on Spotify, including the honorable mentions and any of the ones that get mentioned by the fans, which we'll do at the end of the episode, Justin, and I'll share that on social media and in the show notes. So if anybody wants to download this playlist and get some of the king of rock and roll in their ears, uh, I would recommend doing that. So we're going to release it on the week of anniversary of his death too, which, um, I don't know, man. He's just such an icon. And every year when this rolls around, I want to do an episode on Elvis. And my wife is a huge Elvis fan, which I also didn't mention. That's amazing. Uh, my wife as well. She's, you know, yeah. she's huge into rockabilly, uh, huge into yeah. old rock and roll as well. It's one of the things that we connected over when we first met, um, among other well, things. And, and when she watched the special tonight, she had never seen it all the way through nice. with me. Uh, you know, we bonded there. You know, she, we both love it. So that's great. We both have awesome wives that love Elvis. That's so rad. Hell dude. yeah, dude. We we are winning in that in that department. But uh, she, well, I first you know got together with my wife and we were dating and stuff. She had these boxes like stuff stored away, you know, that hadn't been put out yet or whatever. And we're going through them, and this is like I don't know, twelve years ago. And she had these unopened Elvis dolls that had been given to her. One was him in the gold suit. Dude, my sister had that one. Is it the Barbie-sized one? (laughs) Yes. Yep, my sister had that one. And then she has one of him in the light blue, baby blue suit, uh, the sequin jumpsuit. I'm like, what the hell? Are you an Elvis fan? And then we kind of connected on that because obviously we're doing this episode. You know that I am too. So my wife's a huge Elvis fan, and she always jokes that every year somebody gets her something Elvis. We have about 20 Elvis Christmas ornaments that we put on our tree every year. Um, so yeah, uh, it's two super fans basically discussing our favorite Elvis song. So Justin, do you have your, your list there? Are you ready to give us I'm your five ready. favorite? I'm ready, right, baby. Man. I'm ready. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, give me your number five, man. What do you got? <sighs> well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street at Heartbreak Hotel. Uh, hmm. 
I, there's no way that I couldn't have this song on this list. And I have to preface this list with the fact that this was fucking hard, Gerald. This was very, yeah. very yeah. hard. When you mentioned this, when you brought this up to me originally, I was like, oh, this will be easy. Because I know what mm-hmm. songs that I put on repeat when I listen to Elvis um, on a constant basis whenever I do so. And then when I sat down to actually do a top five, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Do I like this one more than that one? Because there's so many. I mean, there really is. And Heartbreak Hotel um, is just one that really resonates with me a lot. It's moody. It's got a very catchy beat to it. Um, And you see how low Elvis can go, but how high you can go at the same time. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of a lonely street that Heartbreak Hotel. It's a lonely baby, well I'm so lonely I'll be just so lonely, I could die Although it's always crowded You still can find some room For broken hearted lovers to cry there in the gloom I'll be so, I'll be just so lonely baby I'll be just so lonely I'll be so lonely, I could die Keep flowing, the desk clerk's dressed in black. Well, they've been so long on the street, they'll never, they'll never look back and think it's so, think it's so lonely, baby. Well, they're so lonely. It shows kind of like his range in a lot of ways. And for me, it's it's one of those ones that resonates the most. Released as a single in 1956, it was one of his first huge hits that he had. Um, so for me, it has to be Heartbreak Hotel. Well, I love it, man. It's not on my list, which I'm, I'm actually, I meant to, I, I, wow. I love the song. I meant to ask you at the top if you thought, how much crossover you thought we were going to have. Well, I was curious um, as well, because we usually cross over constantly on our list. But we do. I, I did want to mention this song um, is one that was placed into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 best songs that shaped rock and roll. So it, it's one of the most important. I think that, you know, most people consider it one of his most iconic songs. And that's the thing. When you look at Elvis Presley, what songs kind of made him, made his career, but the ones that really stick with you all along, and and this is this is most certainly one of them. Yeah, uh, great pick, man. Heartbreak Hotel, your number five. Uh, you know, before I get to my number five, I'll just preface my list kind of like what you did. This was really hard. <laughs> You're telling me, really hard. It is, man. Uh, you know, I, I was laying in my bed one night uh, about a month ago or so when you and I first kind of nailed down that we were going to do this. And I knew August was rolling around for the anniversary of his, of his death and everything. So, like I said, I was laying in bed and I, would, I literally just kind of made a playlist off the top of my head on my Spotify on my phone. And I would just search for a song that popped in my head and I would add it to this playlist. You know, all the ones that I knew I loved off the top of my head. And there was 50, 50 songs off the top of my head while I'm laying in bed with no research, without Googling. So that's how hard this was, um, because I could think of that many off the top of my head that I just love so much. So narrowing that down to, in this case, I have 10 because I have my honorable mentions, was literal torture. But what I did is I said, you know what, I'm not going to try to get cute. Because when me and you get together and do horror, um, you probably know this already, but I get kind of cute because I don't want us to cross over. You don't want us to cross over. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. So... Uh, you know, I'll try to throw in some that if I think you're going to mention one, I'll be like, all right, well, I'll put that in my honorables, but not in this case. So I don't know what you're going to say because there's so many and you could say anything and it's the right answer. So 
when it comes to Elvis. So for me, these are my five favorite that are my one through five on that playlist. The first five that I thought of, uh, my number one is irrefutably always been my favorite Elvis song. I just can't let go of it as my number one. You'll find out when we get there. And similarly with my number two. But at my number five from 1961 is the oldest song in my top five. And it's the only one that would be considered kind of a shallow tune. Like it doesn't have a lot of depth to it from like a lyrical perspective. But it's one of the catchiest. And I love the bass line. I love the band that he has backing him in this track and the background vocals in the track. And it's a lot of fun. But it's Little Sister from 1961 is my number five. Wow. I'm familiar with it. I have it on my phone. I was not expecting that one. Little sister, don't you? Little sister, don't you? Little sister, don't you kiss me once or twice and say it's very nice and then you run. Little sister, don't you do what your big sister done. And I took her to a show I went for some candy Along came Jim Dandy And they snuck right out the door Little sister, don't you Little sister, don't you Little sister, don't you Kiss me once or twice And say it's very nice And then you run Little sister, don't you treat me like your big sister done. Um, This is Elvis in 1961, still obviously a young guy, kind of on the rise in his career. All the girls, like we mentioned before, are literally fainting at his feet. And he's kind of serenading with that, you know, voice that has become so iconic. And he's serenading this girl that he's courting. And and in the lyrics, it's not his lyrics, of course, but he's singing it. Uh, In the lyrics, you know, he had been dating her big sister, but she kind of moved on. And now he's got his eyes on the little sister who's kind of blossoming and she's of age now. And uh, it's just a really fun tune. The bass line in this tune is such a, a banger, dude. Like, I could literally listen to this instrumental and just like tap my feet the whole time. Uh, but I love how he's, he takes her to the movies. He takes her to a show, he says in the, in the lyrics. And he says, uh, I went in for some candy and along came Jen Dandy and she slipped right out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the big sister. So Little Sister is my number five from 1961. Make sure you go back and listen to it and see if you know what I'm talking That's about. That's fantastic. I mean, uh, and I, I would love to actually, while we're doing this, I wish we had the amount of time that we could, uh, make sure to state every single musician, every single songwriter that was involved in writing all these songs. I have a list of some of them. Um, yeah. And I, I forgot to mention for Heartbreak Hotel, but you know, moving forward, I'd like to mention some of these people because obviously, um, if you are unaware, as you are listening right now, if you're new to Elvis Presley and his history, Elvis didn't write songs, really. He had input. He was creative with the songwriters that were around him, but Elvis was not a, he didn't write his own songs. So he was basically the first of many to come pop vocalists mm-hmm. and pop artists that didn't write their own music, but he still had a lot of say in it in the organization, um, mm-hmm. the structure and, you know, the, the creativity of it, he was still there, but he didn't, you know, he Elvis Elvis the music, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. He made it, he made it his own yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, he took many, his spin on it. Yeah. He took many songs that weren't hits or weren't popular before him and then did his version and they were amazing. So, so a gentleman, uh, a blues musician named doc Pomus wrote little sister. So I will just go ahead and shout that out. Cause that's a great idea that you have. And I do have those in front of me. So, but yeah, from 1961, his version of Little Sister, 
It's just always been it, it's what it's it's the only like well, I won't say the only, but it's definitely the most fun song. And you'll see what I mean, I think, as we go along my countdown. Some of the other ones are very deep. This one's not. This one's just fun. You tap your feet. Down, 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 down. You know what I mean? You just have a good time. You gotta love that. It, you, so. gotta, you gotta love that twang, man. That southern twang, and especially those that bass in, in that song. It's so hell good. yeah, so dude. Good. Hell yeah, dude. It's it's really good, man. So, little sister from '61 is my number five, which swings us over to you for your four, man. All right, man. And I I didn't want to attempt to sing these. I do sing these in Elvis's <laughs> voice in the shower, but I really didn't want. I don't want to be made fun of uh, in my voice. No, I, I was saying it a long time. I'm just being honest. I, I'm a metal vocalist of 20 years mm-hmm. here, um, but we're caught in a trap. I can't walk out because I love you too much, baby. It's mm-hmm. Suspicious Minds from 1968. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out because I love you too much, baby. Can't you see what you're doing to me when you don't believe a word I say? We can't go on together with suspicious. Originally first recorded by American songwriter Mark James, that became a gigantic hit after the Elvis Presley 1968 comeback special. When he did it, perfect example of what I just mentioned, he did somebody else's song and made it amazing. And it was his last, it was his 18th and his last number one single in the United States that he ever had. And he kept making music for almost 10 years, you know, right after this. And this was the last one. there's something about this song that really resonates with me because I know his history and I know what he was going through. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't happy with popular music. He may have said so in interviews. He may have said so in the 68 special when he was talking about new music, but he was unhappy with everything. And when I approach this list, I just want to be very clear about this. There may be some songs on this list that appeared in movies because it's hard not to have them because they're so iconic. But Elvis was not a fan of doing music in his movies. He didn't want to be that guy that was the music guy in movies. He wanted to be a dramatic actor. He wanted to be the next James Dean. He wanted to be the next Marlon Brando. And that didn't happen for him, which is really unfortunate. You can thank the Colonel among every other decision that was ever made. But Suspicious Minds was like, him triumphant, the champion again. Hey, I'm Elvis Presley, remember me? I'm back, and I'm huge again. And it really showed his longevity that he could come back and make a song. And it's so powerful. It's a huge ballad. When that chorus pops in, it's so epic. And it, and it melded together soul, his love of gospel, and it's still got a little bit of rock and roll in there. I mean, it, right. is, it is what rock and roll was considered at that time in the late 60s. But I love this song because it is Elvis at his strongest when he was considered weak for the majority of the 60s while he was doing all those movies. 
Yeah, and the tempo of the song is great too, man, because this is really a you know, almost like a breakup song in a way, and but the tempo does not speak to that. Um, and I really like that juxtaposition from the beat to the lyrics in this song. This is also on my list, so it is crossover. So I'll talk a little bit about it here in a minute. But I'm going to go ahead and go into my number four because it's not Suspicious Minds, but that one is coming up on my list, and I do think it's an amazing amazing pick and one of his best songs now the reason i wanted to go ahead and go into my number four is because it kind of goes along with that so in the years from 1968 to 1972 as you probably know uh, elvis was really in a tumultuous time particularly in his marriage uh, to priscilla presley and the rest of my list are songs that came out of that very very difficult time in his personal life and they are all songs that were in some way or another kind of directed to her or to that relationship or to ultimately what was going to be that divorce. Uh, one of the ones that is, I was talking earlier about, you know, when I hear certain songs, it gives me chills. There's a song that came out of that era and that kind of time period that I'm talking about in 1969 called Don't Cry Daddy. And that's my number four. Uh, obviously a ballad. You know this one, I'm assuming, right, Justin? You of a course. Fan of this one? Yeah, I mean, yeah. literally... So far, I've got all of them on my phone. You mentioned having a Spotify playlist. Well, I've got all of my Elvis CDs, which I ported over onto my phone like 10 years ago. They're still on my phone. So I've got hundreds and hundreds of songs of Elvis's on my phone. So when I was looking through this, I was looking through my personal collection of songs. And that's kind of how I had to go. I was like, what I have, not what I'm looking for. You know, there's obviously so much out there. Well, you know, I don't want to, you know, the name of the song is Don't Cry Daddy, which is kind of ironic. I don't want to cry on tonight's episode, but this song also has a very, very personal, like, it makes me feel things because of the divorce I went through with my first wife and my daughter at the time was two years old. And like by some fate or some just enigmatic thing that I can't explain, uh, my ex-wife and I got into a huge argument and it ultimately ended up being our separation like the next day. And I left, you know, I went to meet a couple friends at the bar and we just had a big blowout and, and I left. And my daughter, I, I remember sitting in her nursery because, you know, she still had a crib and everything. And we had a nursery at the, at the townhouse we lived in. And I was sitting, I remember sitting on the floor in the middle of her room, Indian style, crying. And I could remember my daughter who didn't understand yet. I mean, she had just started walking, you know, six months before that came over to me and like sat in my lap and tried to comfort me and she couldn't say the words don't cry daddy but that's kind of what I felt like she was trying to like comfort me and then like I said just this weird thing there's a station uh, local rock station here 99.7 I got in my car to go to the bar and that song came on and (laughs) it was after I had shared that moment with my little girl in what ultimately was the eve of my divorce so that song, especially if you read the lyrics, you know, don't cry, daddy. Uh, you know, you've still got me and little Tommy. Together we'll find a brand new mommy. Today I stumble from my bed with thunder crashing in my head. My pillow's still wet from last night's tears. And as I think of giving up, a voice inside my coffee cup kept crying out. Ringing in my ears Don't cry, Daddy Daddy, please don't cry Daddy, you 
still got me and little Tommy Together we'll find a brand new mommy Daddy, daddy, please laugh again Daddy, ride us on your back again Oh, daddy, please don't cry Anybody that has kids, especially, I know you do, Justin, particularly a daughter, just, I mean, right? It's just so crushing and so personal to Elvis. The This song was written by a musician named Mac Davis. So it's not Elvis's lyrics, but I got to imagine that he chose this song for a reason. Uh, you know, baby Lisa Marie at the time and what he was going through. Um, and obviously, like I just told you, my story really speaks to me, too. So that's why Don't Cry Daddy's on my list. That's the best reason ever to have a song on your list is something that resonates with you personally, something that affects you emotionally, and something that, you know, you can relate to. That's what music's all about, and that's why it's so important to us as a society, and hearing that, man, I mean, you know, it's it's nowhere near the level of emotion you're dealing with, but I've recently had an issue in life, uh, you know, a loss, yeah. and whether mm-hmm. what, it, what it may be, but I'm listening to music that makes me sad, and you feel it and then it connects with you and it's part of our therapeutic way of dealing with things that happen in our lives and Elvis is you can find anything in Elvis's music to help you with any issue you're dealing with so I agree man and uh, that's a very personal one to me but it also is a really great song and it's a ballad and uh, it it does speak of hope too which is ironic because of what he was going through in his life It, it still is a very hopeful tune that there's you know there's brighter days ahead kind of thing you know that's kind of the motif of the song um but his voice is very beautiful in it you know we get that elvis serenading us in this tune you know what i mean um and he's kind of got that low register that he just kind of just kind of like whispering to you almost <laughs> in the song from a musician standpoint so uh don't cry daddy from 1969 is my number four justin we are over to you for your three man yeah Wise men say, only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you. Wise men say, only fools rush in, but I can't. Man, that's that's the one that, for me, every time I listen to it, I get emotional. And yes, it was recorded by Elvis for the album Blue Hawaii for the film. Sure, that's true. I like Blue Hawaii. It's one of his better films. So it's it, going back to what I said earlier on, you know, <laughs> it's one of his better films. So it counts. It's fine. Um, yeah, sure. And it was initially <laughs> written for a woman as Can't Help Falling in Love with Him. Um, obviously, which is why Can't Help Falling in Love, it's a kind of an awkward title. But for me, as you just said perfectly regarding your last pick, Elvis just rolls on those bass tones. That low, solid, guttural throat that he has there when he pushes out the emotion from his throat. It's it's for some reason this song just resonates with me so much. It's always been that song when I've had a breakup, you know, I've never been divorced. I'm gonna knock on 
if this table's not real wood, so it doesn't really count. Um, <laughs> no, but you're good. I'm going to knock on something <laughs> here, but I mean, you know, we all hope that those kinds of things don't happen, but they do. Right. And when I've had extreme situations with people that I loved, especially people that I was in a relationship with, you, you grasp towards things that, you know, can help you through it and things that will make you feel what you want to feel. And this song was always there for me mm -hmm. because Elvis has always been about love for sure. And relationships. And he talks a lot about that in his music, as you said, perfectly about your last pick, he doesn't write these lyrics, but he finds something in them that works for him that he connects right. to. And we connect through the song through him. And mm -hmm. for me, this song is just so powerful. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I this was my so I was talking about my my first wife and the divorce, right? So now fast forward to it'll be ten years this year actually that I'll be married to my current wife. So you're right; those types of life changing things happen, and in the moment they're not happy and they're maybe horrible and they depress us and and whatever. But brighter days are ahead, and Elvis is like he knew that. And with this song, this was our. Our wedding song, our first dance song, my, my current wife and I. So, Aww, we, dude, that's so yeah, amazing. Yeah, we danced to this uh, 10 years ago at our wedding, and um, obviously it's a classic. The We were, you know how you do wedding planning. I'm assuming you, you did that with Danielle, too. And, and we're, and she put me in charge of the music because I'm a wedding That was DJ. my job. That's what I did. So, yes, we're on... <laughs> Man, we're just like so much like each other, you know. I know we're like the Damn. same couple here. So we're, you know, she's like, well, you know, you do the music and then this and that or whatever, and it was you know, just a couple things, but the music was the big thing I had. And uh, we're sitting there planning and we're we're coming up with our first dance because obviously I don't want to just be like this is our first dance. You know, I mean, I want to come up with it together. We both loved Elvis so much. Uh, we had a lot of family members, like I already mentioned, that are also huge Elvis fans. So we thought it would be a big hit. But we were concerned at the time that, okay, well, you know, this Elvis song is so well known that we were kind of got into our own heads where we were kind of like worried about what the guests might say. So we ended up actually choosing a cover of this song is what we actually danced to. And then we played Elvis's version later in the night. But our first dance, I don't know if you ever heard it, but Ingrid Michelson is this really good uh, female like indie musician. Have you ever heard of her? I have not. Like, no. I'll actually send you a link because her cover of this song, frankly, is the only one I've ever liked because <laughs> I've heard quite a few. Uh, but it's really good. It's really beautiful. It's just her on the piano and she has a really unique voice. So that was the one that we decided to go ahead and dance to um, for our first dance. And then we obviously honored Elvis later in the evening when it wasn't as spotlight on us, if that makes sense. No, 100%. I mean, dude, the spotlight is on you and it's bright <laughs> and it's hot and it's shining right in your face. You, you, you. I totally understand. I mean, right, right. for me, I came out to the Batman theme and... <laughs> oh, it, yeah, I heard you tell that on a different episode. Yeah, yeah. And, and our first dance was, you know, Johnny B. Good yeah. from Back to the Future. Then we went into Earth Angel from Back Dude, to the Future. Give, so give, uh, <laughs> give Danielle a high five, brother, for letting all that happen. Oh, my God. I think, that that, so I think awesome. the only reason that slipped through is because of the fact, as you just said, she did everything else and she just said, you do the music. So when it came to that, she wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> It's so good, man. So good. Yeah, I heard you tell that. I think it may have been on y'all's Batman Forever retrospective. I heard you mention that. Um, but that's awesome, brother. All right, so that was yours. So let me swing over to me now, brother. So you already mentioned my number three. Number three is Suspicious Minds from 1968. So you already talked about it beautifully. You know, you mentioned that it was his last number one, which is true. 
what I wanted to say about that 68 comeback special and the success that he kind of had for a few years after that, which was kind of like um, kind of like a return and a renaissance. Yeah, it was a him, renaissance for sure, 100%. Uh, is that, you know, he and all of my, my four through one are all from what would be considered the American Sound Studio recordings that took place, it took place through uh, 1968 to 1970. And he's quoted as saying, uh, after the 68 special, he told his people, he said, this is the best work I've ever done. I'm never going to record music that does not matter to me anymore. So everything that he recorded from 1968 and on meant something to him. He wasn't just doing it for a paycheck or because the colonel was telling him to or, or he was being pressured by pop culture or whatever. He he chose the songs that he that that meant something to him that mattered to him. You know, I mentioned Don't Cry Daddy earlier as 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 a great example. And Suspicious Minds is another one. And I and I already mentioned earlier, but I love the tempo of that tune versus the lyrics of that tune. If you if you read the lyrics, it's pretty somber, and it's it's like I said, it's almost like a breakup song. But then when you hear it, I mean, you can't help but groove to it. I mean, it's just got a great beat. Yeah, it's about you know mistrusting dysfunctional yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Which is what he was going through. Yeah, and you know if you if you know the history of his personal life, obviously you you know that. So we crossed up there. So suspicious minds was my number three. It was your number four, and that takes us back over to you for your number two, your runner up. There's a lot of reasons why. I love this song so much. It's not known as one of his most popular songs. It was not written for him. Um, But there's something about this song and the rawness of it, the simplistic nature of how it begins, the acoustic guitar that was different than everything else we had heard up until that point. But a very old friend came by today because he was telling everyone in town of the love that he just found and Marie's the name of his latest flame. A very old friend came by today Cause he was telling everyone in town Of the love that he just found And Marie's the name of his latest flame He talked and talked And I heard him say That she had the longest, blackest hair The prettiest green eyes anywhere And Marie's the name his latest flame Though I smiled The tears inside were burning I wished him luck And then he said goodbye He was gone But still his words kept returning What else was there for me to do But cry I still I tried to find words That would actually match The iconic level of what this song is to me but I just couldn't find them, Gerald. But this song is my number two. And every time I listen to it, I can almost cry with tears of joy. I've cried to it with tears of sadness. Um, it's an intense, really crazy tune for Elvis because it is fast paced, but it opens with acoustic guitar. And it just feels like a raw rock and roll song. And I don't, right. I, I'm at a loss for words when it comes down to it. But when you listen to this song, Ladies and gentlemen, just listen to Marie's the name in parentheses, his latest flame, and kind of analyze it a little bit. And maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from. I just love this song. Well, uh, my grandmother loves this song because her name is Rosemary. Uh, and this is one of the ones that she, I, I can remember her pointing out to me, you know, because like I said, she saw him when she was young and she's been a fan of basically her whole life for the most part. 
Uh, so I know that she loves this one. This is one that, truth be told, I haven't heard in a long time. So I'm having trouble placing the tune in my head. The song, uh, just, I, just just think clear and just think, and it just starts off with a guitar, literally. A very old friend came by today. I just there's something about it that it's it's so simple. It's like he's telling you a story. He's telling you a story too. That's a good one, man, and I, and I like that because now I can add that onto my playlist. So yeah, baby, put that <laughs> song on there. I know. Again, it doesn't get brought up ever, really. Uh, but again, another song that was uh, if, featuring a Bo Diddley beat, which Bo Diddley is. Look him up if you haven't ever heard oh, of the please. name. Oh, please, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it, it's so good. And another song that was writ- written and recorded by somebody else first that no one cared about. And then Ellis came on and did it and did his own take on it. And it was a huge hit. So I love it, man. So we're up to my runner up. So my number two and number one, uh, I've actually swapped back and forth like four Ooh. times <laughs> since we agreed to do this. But I said, no, you know what? I, I'm just going to leave my one, my one. The problem is, is that my number two has grown on me much more. Uh, whereas my number one is just always kind of been a staple of my Elvis love, you know what I mean? So my number two just gets stronger and stronger every time I hear it. I think eventually it probably will take over and become my number one. But it also comes out of that era. In fact, it was released three months after him and Priscilla officially separated. The single was released. He recorded it right after they separated and then released it a couple months later. But from 1972, it was originally recorded by B.J. Thomas. There's also a famous version that was done the same year by Brenda Lee. But Elvis, in my opinion, did the best version of Always On My Mind. And that's my runner-up. Maybe I didn't treat you Quite as good as I should have Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have Little things I should have said and done I just never took the time You were always on my mind You were always on my mind Maybe I didn't hold All those lonely, lonely times And I guess I never told you I'm so happy that you're mine If I made you feel second best Girl, I'm so sorry I was blind This was another one that, man, I had to really fight to not include on my list and also mm-hmm. to not include on my honorable mentions, it's not on there either. Because Elvis wow. did so many amazing songs. <laughs> like I said, this was fucking hard, but this song is definitely, I mean, it seems like we came, we approached this list the same way, but we found different eras that we really connected with in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, minus one or two here, but. Yeah. This is I mean, he's given. Songs. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, but he's given, you know, just. You can hear. I mean, he's singing this to Priscilla. Let's be honest. I mean, they just separated when he when he decided to record this, and he's and he's basically coming clean. And, and the song is about regret. Uh, you know, you've heard the term a million times. You don't know what you got till it's gone. 
Uh, that's what's happening here. And he's saying, you know, hey, look, Priscilla, I didn't treat you the way that you deserve to be treated. You know, I, he says things like, uh, there's little things that I could have said and done. I just never took the time, but you were always on my mind. Um, you know, I guess I never told you. I'm so happy that you're mine. You know, things like that. And he's just kind of repeating those types of epitaphs throughout the song. And he's just basically telling her that he's sorry and that, you know, he's regretful for his part in their marriage falling apart. Um, again, another situation where it's uncanny, because this is another one that was written by Mark James. You mentioned him earlier and also a gentleman named Wayne Thompson that I'm not familiar with, but also had something to do with the writing of it. And again, he's picking out a song that he didn't take any participation in the writing of it, but obviously it speaks to him much the same way that it speaks to me or you when we hear him sing it. And he said, these, these lyrics are amazing, man. I just, you know, split up with my wife. I want to sing this. And like I said, it, it just fits so well with what was going on in his life at the time. And you can hear it in his voice. And that's always so powerful to me when a musician you can hear kind of the emotion that they must have been feeling when they were in that in that studio recording it in that sound booth and it comes through the speakers what are we talking 40 years later I mean, it's crazy do you know what i mean that that oh, yeah, emotion dude. lives on just as much as the music in my opinion so always on my mind is my runner-up but you are a fan of, have you heard the willie nelson version by the way i have of course yeah i mean that that was the song that was the version of the song that i grew up hearing way more often than mm-hmm. the Elvis version because it was on country radio. Like I said, right. I grew up a country boy. My mom was a country fan. My grandparents were country fans. I, I found rock and roll kind of by accident with Elvis Presley because it was like, oh, yeah, that's still country, which it definitely still is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of like their way of being like, okay, that's okay. You can listen to that. And from there is what really led me to getting into, you know, the the depths of rock and roll, if you will. But right. Great, great well, pick. Fantastic pick. Amazing song. One of his best. Definitely, I would say if we were doing a top 10 or a top 20 or, you know, again, it's so hard, man. Like, I'm flabbergasted really with this because now that I'm hearing you talk about it, I'm like, damn it, it should have been on my list. <laughs> no, nah, man, you got a sweet list over there, brother. So far, we only crossed over on Suspicious Minds, though, so we'll That's see right. what the number ones are all about. That's right. My number one's been a staple my whole life. It's been my favorite Elvis song, but let's hear yours first. What's your What's your number one Elvis track? I mean, there's there's no way around this. Rock and roll sits on the shoulders of this song in a lot of ways. It broke out in the mainstream, and I think that without this song that was connected to this film, we wouldn't have rock and roll as we know it today. It's fast. It's upbeat. Mm-hmm. It makes you tap your foot. And you will headbang to this. Gerald, the warden threw a party at the county jail. The prison band was there and they began to wail. The band was jumping and the joint began to swing. You should have heard those knocked out jailbirds sing. Let's rock, motherfucker. It's jailhouse Hell rock. Oh, yes. Warden threw a party in the county jail. The prison band was there and they began to wail. The band was jumping and the joint began to swing. You should have heard those knocked out jailbirds sing. Everybody, let's rock. Everybody, you know, say, 
I can't, there's no way around this. When I would, when I was a kid, that kid in 1995, approaching fifth grade, listening to that tape of Elvis Golden Records, 15 songs on that shitty old beat up Walkman my dad got for me at the dollar store. This was the song when it came on, I could not contain myself. I just had a pure energy electrifying through my veins and I would jump up and down. This may or may not have led me to being the metal frontman that I became many years later in my teens that I continued to be until my late 20s. I mean, it was Elvis Presley, there's something electric about his energy, and this song is the one that showcases it, I think, the best of any of his earlier works. I think this song is amazing. It was a song written by Jerry Lever and Mike Stoller that became the biggest hit for Elvis, because of the movie Jailhouse Rock. So good, man. And iconic imagery, too. I mean, just Elvis in the black and white stripes in the, in the jail, jailbird jumpsuit. Just iconic. It I was mean, a music that, video before a music video was even thought of. You know what right. I mean? I mean, I was going to say maybe that and maybe like the leather outfit from the 68 special. I mean, those two are like... You just named my somebody, two... You just, sorry to cut you off. You just named my two favorite physical versions of Elvis. Ever. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Me too. I mean, you see somebody says Elvis Presley to me. And if I'm visualizing him in my head, those are one of those two images are going to be the first thing that pops in my head. I was making art for the episode and I just by default, without even thinking of it, search for images from Jailhouse Rock and the 68 special for, for the graphic, just because in my head, that's Elvis. You and know and I, I got to And I got to right now throw a light onto my boy, Loy Sauce our good friend Lois Haas from the Epic Film Guys podcast because yes. he was creative manager, he still is, at Alamo Drafthouse, D.C. area, Ashburn. And for mm-hmm. Film Club, on the anniversary of the film a few years back, he showed the film, did a, an amazing introduction, and we got to watch the movie on the big screen, and it was a oh, very man. special moment for me. I remember seeing people, oh, yeah. the same night, Gerald, people were going to see a showing of Event Horizon at the, at the Alamo, and I said, dude, you're missing out. You can watch Event Horizon mm-hmm. anywhere, anytime. It's extremely rare to see an Elvis movie on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to love Voice House because he loves the movie. He loves early mm-hmm. Elvis as well. So shout Good. out to you, boy. And um, that he played it. And I got to, it was just an amazing feeling to watch this movie and to see that musical number. And that, that that's where it should have yeah. stopped, I think, in his career because it was done so perfectly, so beautifully. And it fit who Elvis was at that time. And it fit the movie as well. Um, mm-hmm. and his performance, but you know, we know what happened after that. We could, that's a whole other episode we could get into like top five Elvis movies or whatever, if, you know, in the past, we can touch on yeah, that. We could, future. we could do that maybe next year but, for his birthday, yeah, birthday but I mean, month or something. But, but yeah, movie, I mean, it's, it's the one that I continue to watch. It's the one that I love the most. I think he gives a fantastic, brilliant performance in it. And this song, especially every single time, dude, I'll freak the fuck out. Just put it on and see what I'll do. Seriously. <laughs> well, it'll be on the episode, but I won't be able to see you when you listen back. But I trust you because I know you I know you love Elvis. So great pick, man. So you're number one, Jailhouse Rock. You cannot refute it. It is a classic. And like I said, that imagery is just is just embedded in my mind. Um, uh, it's one of the ornaments I have for my tree. So there's that. 
but it's not your number one, which we can tell. So it's, I'm very, I'm very it's interested, not, man. Uh, I, 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 that's know, good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. We, for once, we didn't cross over that yeah, much. Just suspicious minds, but yeah, you could tell. You know, you could tell it's a personal list to me, probably, uh, with the exception of maybe Little Sister, just because it's fun. But this has always been my favorite Elvis song, and it was the first one or at least that I can remember because you know sometimes when you're a kid you don't really pay attention you don't really give a shit when your parents are you know trying to tell you stuff uh well this is the first one that I can like remember like really taking it in when my father played it for me on a vinyl record uh and it was just that the the intro of the song is a very dramatic piano um and Elvis again with the very baritone deep kind of singing in the song and it also came out of that era when he was very lonely and he felt kind of lost in his marriage and it was falling apart. Oh, I know written, what it is. I know what it is. It, I'm not going to say. It, it was written by Eddie Rabbit, who's a pretty famous country music, musician. But Elvis put his spin on it. It has a little bit of a gospel flair to it, but it's a song called Kentucky Rain from 1970. Fantastic, man. I mean, this song is about him trying to find his soulmate trying to find his love seven lonely days and a dozen times ago i reached out one night and you were gone don't know why you'd run what you're running to or from all i know is i want to bring you home so i'm walking in the rain thumbing for a ride on this lonely Kentucky back road I've loved you much too long My love's too strong To let you go Never knowing What went wrong Kentucky rain keeps pouring down And up ahead's another town With the rain in my shoes Searching for you In the cold Kentucky rain In the cold Kentucky rain Metaphorically, but also literally in the song, he's walking the streets of Kentucky in the rain trying to find her. And... In his personal life, she's slipping away from him. And, you know, he's he's saying, you know, let you go. I never know what went wrong in the cold Kentucky rain. Let me, I wanted to tell you my favorite line in this song. So, you know, he's, he's going around. He's trying to find her. He's asking people if they've seen her. Uh, you know, he's just trying to find her wherever she is. She's eluding him. And he says uh, he finally got a ride with a preacher man who asked, where are you bound on such a cold dark afternoon and I told him and I explained and he left me with a prayer that I'd find you uh, and that's the last lyric of the song with the exception of the chorus so Kentucky Rain from 1970 my dad played this for me on a vinyl record and I had heard Elvis before that but this was the first one where I kind of stopped and like really took it in does that make sense like I wasn't just hearing it I was listening to it uh, and I was really impressed by what was coming out of the speakers and his voice and the music. And this one's a little bit different because this one does kind of blur the line a little bit where it has some of the gospel soul rock, 
So it's almost like a little bit of a jazzy number. Uh, it, it's just different for, for Elvis, and, and I love it. It also comes out of the American Sound recording sessions that I've already talked about, which are some of my favorite tunes right after that 68 special that we've mentioned a few times. So, yeah, that's my number one. Are you a fan of this one, man? Yeah, man. I actually recently listened to it again. Um, it's not one that I listen to a lot, but it's on you know my phone of all the mm-hmm. stuff that was on the albums that I already purchased. Because you know, I would anytime I would go to the, the store back in the day when you'd go to a store to buy music, you know, <laughs> right, anytime right, there was then. an Elvis CD that had like a couple songs that I'd never heard of, I would just buy them, and mm-hmm. I'd and I'd actually put the disc in my computer and download the tracks and put them on onto the computer and put them onto my phone or at the time the iPod that I had, and um, it's on there and it's it's a good song and I I actually really like his gospel stuff, um, mm-hmm. knowing that he was so passionate about it is what really led me to wanting to really discover it even more. You know, a few mm. years ago when the Elvis Presley documentary came out, The Searcher on HBO, when you when you watch that, Priscilla, you know, kind of who narrates the entire thing for the most part, talks about how that was really his deepest passion, that she'd wake up at three in the morning and walk downstairs and, and see him sitting there at the piano by himself just doing gospel tunes. So mm-hmm. I love that. And that's what's cool about, that's what's cool about, sorry to interrupt you. That's what's cool about Kentucky rain, because it does have a very gospel feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's backed up by the, you know, background singers that are almost like a choir. And it has that very, almost like an organ that you would hear in a church playing in lieu of the piano. It's a very different sound. So it's almost like he wanted to incorporate a gospel sound with this more secular lyrical content. Um, but it works, man. I mean, it's been my number one for Jesus, man, probably 30 years since I first heard it. I'm going to tell you, dude, if Elvis lovers, if Elvis hardcore fans listen to this episode, they're going to be surprised by your list. They're going to love you a lot because you're (laughs) you're, a little out there. I guess it's so personal, but you're digging at the bottom of the barrel in, in a lot of ways and not in a bad way, but really digging into those Elvis tunes that don't really get a lot of respect and a lot of love. So I really appreciate you for doing that. Yeah, man, of course. And, uh, you know, just being able to, and I love it all. You know, you were mentioning the movies earlier. I mean, well, I, know, I, 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 I didn't know, man. I didn't know. I, you mentioned something about watching a movie or something about his movies. And I was like, oh my God, is this whole list going to be all the movie songs? Because, I mean, there's yeah. some good ones in there, but I mean, they're not mostly, mostly, they're mostly not good. So, right, right. And I will agree with you. They have their place, but, uh, you know, I lo- what I was going to say is I love it all, and I'm going to mention a few in our honorable mentions. We'll get to that here in a second, Justin. Real quick, if you don't mind, just uh, or just run down your top five again and remind everybody what your top five songs were. Yeah, number five is Heartbreak Hotel. Number four, Suspicious Minds. Number three, Can't Help Falling in Love. Number two, Marie's the Name, His Latest Flame. And number one, Jailhouse Rock. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nicely, nicely done. So my top five was number five was Little Sister, four was Don't Cry Daddy, three was Suspicious Minds, two was Always On My Mind, and my number one was Kentucky Rain. So before we head over and shout out the fans online, Justin, to wrap up the episode about the King here, why don't you give some honorable mentions? You know, I had to limit myself because like I said, I I literally had 50 songs (laughs) in my initial uh, list, so I limited myself to five to round out a top 10. Do you have some honorables over there, buddy? I I most... Definitely do. And one song I wanted to bring up, a song that's not written by Elvis. It's one of the first recordings he did um, in the Sun Studio recordings. That's Mm -hmm. all right. And it's one of my favorite recordings of any song ever. 
Um, but I couldn't obviously put it on my top five list because he just, he didn't write it. He didn't have anything to do with it, but I love his performance in the song and, uh, it just resonates with me a lot. So Mm -hmm. that's all right is on there. Um, Hound Dog, because it's just so fun. It's so, it's a great pop tune. Are you lonesome tonight? It's a song that I've actually cried myself to sleep to on numerous occasions. So that has to be on there. Um, and also one of Elvis's best ballads. Crying in the Chapel because of the connection of Elvis with the church, because of his love of the church, because his love of gospel. He spent a mm-hmm. lot of time in church. He actually fought a lot of time in his life with his his passion with Jesus Christ and his passion with religion. You know, he dealt with it a lot during those struggles that he had. And a song that was not written for him, that was recorded prior to him getting his hands on it uh, by Ernest Tubb. But when he had his hands on it, it is probably in the top five most iconic Christmas songs of all time. I had to put a Christmas song on here. Elvis loved Christmas. It was his mother's favorite time of year. And he loved it because he loved his mother more than anything on the planet. It's Blue Christmas. I just had to make sure to mention it because you can't talk about Elvis without talking about Christmas. No, I'm glad you did, man. I don't fault you for that because uh, I that one's probably like my number eleven. Like that one's really, really close. Um, and it get it did get some shout outs online too, which I was happy to do. But he, you're right. I mean, you can tell that he just loves Christmas so much. Like even his versions of like "Here Comes Santa Claus," I have to listen to every year. I just I love his Christmas music, so I'm really glad actually that you that you threw. Yeah, some man. Christmas there's there's there. no Christmas in my household without Elvis Presley every year. I love it, man. All right, so before we head over and shout out the fans, Justin, let me give you the rest of my top ten. So you actually mentioned my number six would have been That's All Right. Uh, really started him in the Sun Record kind of label, and I, I, much like what you said, it's not even so much that it's his song. There's not a lot of depth to the song. It's just like that was our first kind of glimpse like, oh, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> this guy's going to be something here. Um, especially if you were hearing it in real time back in the 50s. So that would have been my number six. My number seven would have been a song called Burn in Love. I love oh, that song. yeah. That's an iconic one, man. Yeah, I love that one. My number eight would have been You're the Devil in Disguise. My number nine, you already mentioned, is called Can't Help Falling in Love. Of course, my wedding song had to be on here. And my number 10 uh, was performed at the 68 special that we've mentioned several times. And one of the most iconic songs to come out of that special especially from an imagery standpoint, but it's a song called If I Can Dream. And it was a song about him just wanting us to get along and look at us here in 2020. And he was singing that in 1968. Just listen to Elvis, guys. Like, let's have a more peaceful world. Let's just get yeah, through this listen together. Listen to Elvis you know? and actually, and watch the 68 special because you'll see a lot of inclusion in that special. There's a yeah. lot of different people of all different races and from all over the world there together in one small room to celebrate music and celebrate being together for a great, for a great reason. Music. Yeah, yeah I agree, man. I, I'm so, I'm kind of jealous of you, man, that you watched that tonight. Well, Hey man, listen, I, I was I upset need to that, get on that when they did the, the new restoration, which I wouldn't really call it that. I was actually, don't get me on that. I don't want to be the critic here on the show tonight. I'll do that on our show, <laughs> but I watched, it was the anniversary, the 50th anniversary special, which I was supposed to see with my wife in the theater two years ago when they released it and I didn't Uh get a chance to go. It was like a fathom event. They only did it one night. And so what I watched tonight was that version. Now I don't know anything about what they shot the special on, but the Mm. restoration job they did, I was not, I was not very impressed by it's Elvis fucking Presley. Ladies and gentlemen, he deserves 
the best you can possibly give. And mm-hmm. I know source elements, you know, make up what you can actually come up with in the long run, but I would, I wasn't really happy with how it looked. But the music's there. He's mm-hmm. there. His energy's there. His persona, his charisma is there. And that's all that and really it, matters. And it's called a comeback special for a reason. I mean, that was his comeback, man. I mean, every song, with the exception of, of Little Sister on my list, came from that special or after it. So that that was easily my favorite era of Elvis music was that late 60s to the early 70s. Um, and it really started with that 68 special. So guys, if you like Elvis in any way, if you tuned into this episode and for some reason you haven't seen the 68 special, uh, I mean, it's a concert, you know, so you're going to be watching a concert, but man, it is amazing. And just this guy's coming back from the dead, literally in 1968 100%. From, a mu- from a music perspective, you know, a, a, concert, buried. a concert, Gerald, and also a couple music videos before music videos right. were even possibly thought of in a lot of ways um, with the dance numbers and, you know, mm-hmm. it was a huge production, something at another episode that could t- be talked about because it intrigues yeah. me so much. He didn't want to do it. He almost walked out. He was forced out of the door to walk mm-hmm. onto the stage to do it, you know? So it's, there's a lot of great stories when you, when you talk about Elvis, like yeah, how, how actually insecure the man was when you think about it, the most, important man in rock and roll history was that insecure and just just like all of us man he was just human it's yeah it's crazy man all right so we're gonna head over and open up the suggestion box justin and see what the fans had to say i'm interested to see what their favorite elvis tunes are so i just simply asked what is your favorite elvis song and let's see what they said so we'll start on twitter our buddy caleb from netflix and swill says all shook up great early early elvis tune you like all shook up you like the early elvis stuff you oh, didn't name man. a whole whole lot tonight but i'm yeah assuming i mean you it's it's one of my favorites it almost made my list to be honest with you but yes yeah, good times man uh melissa from brook reading love her she said suspicious minds is easily her favorite but she also loves his rendition of amazing grace gotta agree with that let's see uh comic gent says suspicious minds i think that's a pretty popular one they also said blue moon and tiptoe through the tulips I'm oh, trying man. to replace what movie His that version of from. Blue Moon is, uh, again, it's from the Sun Records cuts, and uh, it's so good. I wish someone would go back and remaster those because, it, oh, man, I just yeah. love his rendition of that song. Uh, Chris Brayton, good friend of the show from I Like to Like Things. He says, can't help falling in love. So there you go. That is good a taste. classic. Very good taste. Yeah, man. I Shake My Head podcast says, we love the king, and we feel the world would be a better place with more of his songs how about we list Return to Sender, Bossa Nova, and Jailhouse Rock? That's their three. Return all very, to Sender. Yeah. All very all good. All great picks. Let's see. Mood Swing on Twitter says Nothingville and It's Now or Never. It's Now or Never is a great one. It's Now. I'm going to start singing them out loud. It's like now. I'm in the fucking Yeah, that's what you should man. do. That's what you should do during this segment. Just I, sing I all the ones. I can't do it seriously. If, if, <laughs> that's what. That's what uh, I'm sure. If I knew I'm that sure no one was going to listen to this, then sure. But I mean, <laughs> well, Elvis, nobody is. So you're Elvis, good. <laughs> there's two things I sing in the shower: Sinatra and Elvis, and no one will ever hear but my wife. Oh man, back in the day when we would do music episodes, that was literally all Andy would do. Back in the day, my my former co-host is he would just sing the songs that I was reading out on online. Well, that's why the lyrics were you know, the next best thing for me. I had to put them in there. So this, I thought this was funny and cute, uh, but Steve Q, which is Amy Surplice on Twitter, listed these, and then she had a fun little quip at the end. But she says, the Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce, Queen Washington's Papaya, 
do the clam? And then she says, yes, these are real. <laughs> and I said, wow, deep cuts. Yeah, damn. So I know I know the Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce because that was in one of his movies. And I remember that being a really fun number. But the other two, I, I didn't know. And I'm like, all right. Um, Michelle DePoss from Twitter says she's not really a huge fan of Elvis, but she does love the song In the Ghetto. That was, that, that was another one that was going to be on my up my list of honorable mentions yeah, um, just one. because it's it was one of his last really great amazing epic songs that he did yeah that was a great one all right so we're going to head over to facebook justin and wrap up and see what the fans guys if you have not joined up yet to the facebook fan page please do so the information will be in the show notes and as justin will tell you that is where i interact with our fans the most so check it out over there all right, so I, again, I just said, what are your favorite Elvis songs? So let's see what people had to say here. So Chris Yaney, I know he's a mutual patron of our shows. Justin, love that guy. He's got Return to Sender, The Devil in Disguise, Hound Dog, In the Ghetto, and Can't Help Falling in Love. That is a great top five right there, huh? Lauren Scott, in all caps, says Burning Love. I agree with that one. Justin, you didn't mention that one, did you? I'm surprised. That's I did not. Kind of, that kind of sounds up your alley, Burning Love. I feel like you like that one. It no? is. It is. Yeah. Um, it, when, you, when you think of See, here's the thing. When I think of that song, when I think of... It's like, I think Elvis with the white wings, which mm, is fine. Right. But And I like that Elvis, but my favorite Elvis is before that. So, mm-hmm. I want to mention a few that have not been mentioned yet. So I'm going to scroll through here. Guys, of course, I can't mention everyone, but thank you guys so much. We actually got a lot of feedback for this one, Justin, which was great. I was afraid the age factor might come into play, but a lot of our fans had a lot of, a lot to say about this topic. So let's see. Tony Dobbish from Take Two uh, says, It's now or never. And we also didn't mention Love Me Tender tonight. How do you feel about that one? Uh, beautiful song. Amazing song. Literally yeah, all of his early stuff, you can just throw it on me and I'll love it to death. Aaron Tucker says, Pocket Full of Rainbows. Do you know that one? I don't think I know that one. That Maybe I'll need to listen to that as soon as we get done with this. Yeah, sounds. I think that's from a movie, but I don't remember it. I don't think I can place it. Uh, let's see ones that have not been mentioned yet. Jennifer Hogan says, "Don't be cruel," which is a classic we didn't mention tonight. To a heart, that's true. Yeah, don't be cruel, baby. So your boy Patrick, the Hopester's best friend, says, "All shook up, Jailhouse Rock, and a little less conversation would be his three. Yeah, great, great picks. Good picks there. Uh, Michael Hill, a friend of the show, mentioned Blue Christmas, so that's good. So David Powell, I put this up a couple weeks ago, and David Powell was listening to Elvis when I asked it. <laughs> so he took a screenshot of his playlist and sent it to me, some of his favorites. But a few that we didn't mention, I'll just touch on real quick. Let's see. Uh, Good Luck Charm, we didn't mention. Uh, my Way. Now, I love My Way. That that would probably be in my top 15 or so, but that's a Sinatra cover mm-hmm. that, El- that Elvis did. Again, the lyrics, I feel like have you ever watched? Out. Have you ever watched when Elvis got out of the military and one of his first big TV returns was being on Sinatra's show and they would sing, they mm-hmm. sang each other's songs back and forth with, each, with one another? Yeah, I've seen some of the clips from that. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Amazing. Uh, let's see if there's any more. So the last thing I'll mention is Imran, who's a great friend of the show. He's been on a few times, and he says uh, he loved his rockabilly stuff more than anything. So he's going to name "That's All Right, Mama," which yeah, I think is a, which I think is yeah, a great way to go out man. tonight, Justin, because that's really what started it for Mr. Elvis, becoming the king of rock and roll. There. So look, Justin's here, guys, from the Epic Film Guys, and we were able to chat Elvis Presley tonight. You know, it's funny. I started this podcast about four years ago now. 
And literally within the first like few months of doing the top five format, my wife's such a huge fan and I've been like literally poking her to come on the show and do top five with me. And I'm like, if I'm going to get her to do it, it's going to be Elvis and she won't do it. So the next best thing is my boy, Justin. And he came Aww. through for me. He came through for me big time. And uh, we, we, we chatted Elvis Presley tonight, man. I really appreciate you being here. I wanted you to take a second here at the end of the episode. Anything else you want to say about the King and you want to wrap up and then, of course, tell everybody where they can find you too, brother? Well, I mean, it sounds like a lot of people are still listening to him. So the one thing that I was going to mention is that if you're not a fan, if you haven't listened to the King of Rock and Roll, also known as Elvis Presley, to check him out. But it seems like a lot of people are still very, very passionate mm-hmm. about his music. And that makes me very, very happy to hear. I mean, uh, when you mentioned that you were you know, not worried, but curious to see about the age factor if people were going to, but it seems like that's not the case. And that, right, right. again, it just really, really made me happy to hear that and just go listen to the King. He's there for you and he will remedy mm-hmm. any issue that you're dealing with. Like I'm going through some really weird shit right now. A lot of us are COVID's making a lot of people crazy yeah, in our society yeah. right now, the current political climate, social climate, if you will. And just listen to Elvis Presley. Seriously, he'll make everything better. But if you want to hear us talk about movies, which is what Mm -hmm. we do, yeah, we're one of the one billion podcasts out there that do that. But if you want to hear us talk about that (laughs) stuff, we're the Epic Film Guys, and you can find us at epicfilmguys.com. We're on social media at Epic Film Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we release stuff all the time. I'm sure you'll like it. It's pretty wacky. We are the movie podcast your mother warned you about damn straight mm-hmm. you you damn right you are so you know the epic film guys are some of my oldest podcast friends i've, I've had nick on before i've had loy sauce on before and of course justin's been here a few times as well i've been over on their show i was able to go help with live stream for the cure in person this year after being a part of and it then i got to meet years. you afterwards which yes, is awesome yes man we got to embrace even during covid we did it safely but uh, mm-hmm. we embraced and got to meet Lois Sauce too, which was great. You know, you guys have become really close to me, so I really appreciate your support. And, you know, just you're just awesome, man. I just really appreciate you coming on. And anytime I can talk anything with you, it's a blast. And, you know, like I said at the top of the episode, it's usually horror movies, and I'm sure we're going to do that again. In fact, we are doing that this year again. Uh, we'll get together in October and talk about we'll have a fun horror list for the people. But thank you so much for coming on to talk about Elvis tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, and I'm sure that as soon as I'm done here, I'm probably going to grab one of the really bad Elvis movies off my shelf here and watch <laughs> one of them for sure. Please do, man. Please do. Let's let's wrap this. I, I told you I had a peanut butter and banana sandwich. You right? sent me a picture. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, he's not lying. He ate Elvis's favorite meal ever. Right before this. Right before this. See, now, in my day, I would have been able to do that. But right now, not, not physically able, but I, but I know what it tastes like because my grandmother used to make them for my grandfather. That's how old school that Hell sandwich yeah. is, man. So, Hell yeah, dude. All the props to oh, you. Oh, man. Hey, man. All the props to you. Thanks so much for being here. All right, guys. That was our top five. Elvis Presley songs and hopefully some great conversation about the King for you guys too I hope you enjoyed it check the show notes for all of Justin's info and check out the epic film guys if you're into movies they are a blast so give them a shout as well and then all of our stuff is down there too for you to peruse and find us on social media until next week we will be back with another top five and another P on the pod Justin take care man I love you come on baby I'm tired of talking grab your coat and let's start walking 
Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Don't procrastinate, don't articulate. Girls getting late, you just sit wait around. A little less conversation, a little more action. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less spark. A little less bite, a little more spark. Shut your mouth and open up your heart. Baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Satisfy me, Satisfy me, baby. Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.